Well, let's have a prayer together. Heavenly Father, now we thank you for this opportunity to have worshipped in song and, and now in our giving. And Father, we pray now as we open your word this morning that you'll speak to our hearts. We pray that your Holy Spirit will be our teacher and our guide. And we pray, Lord, that you would deal with us, with each one of us individually. And Lord, as you speak to our hearts, we pray then that we would seek to make uh, the decision, Lord, today to, to be obedient to your will for our life. Pray that your Holy Spirit will have freedom to, to reign in our life and in this service. We invoke your presence, Lord, uh, during this message. And Father, that we might sense uh, your Holy Spirit in our presence. You tell us in your word that where two or three are gathered together in your name, you'll be in the midst. And so we pray that you'll bless the reading of your word and that we might take your word and put it to our mind, put it to our heart, not be just hearers of it, but also doers. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. If you turn in your Bibles, please, to Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. I'm going to be sharing with you a sermon that I've just simply entitled, Go Forward. Go Forward. This is a message God placed on my heart uh, last week when we were on vacation. I had time just to sit and, and do some reading and and God really spoke to me in Exodus chapter 14. I want us to look first at verses 1 through 4. And then we'll go to verse 10 through 15. Exodus 14, verse 1. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before Pahirath, between Migdol and the sea, over against Beelzephon. Before it shall be, before it shall ye encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say to the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land, the wilderness has shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, that he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. Now, if you would look at verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there was no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us, to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is it not the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you. And you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me, speaking to the children of Israel, that they go forward. And look at verse 16. But lift thou up thy rod, and stretch out thine hand over the sea, and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. No doubt you've read this passage several times. Exodus chapter 14. It's a familiar passage of Scripture. The Israelites had been slaves in Egypt for 700 years. 
They had cried out to God, no doubt, on a daily basis for God to send them a deliverer. God said that he had heard their prayers, and so he chose a person by the name of Moses. Even as Moses was an infant, God chose him to be the deliverer of his people. And so he chose a man, he chose Moses to deliver his people, to lead them out of captivity, out of slavery, out of bondage, out of Egypt. And then when that time came about, the Pharaoh of Egypt resisted God's request to let his people go. So God sent a series of plagues, if you remember, on all that lived in Egypt. Now, none of these plagues affected God's people, but it affected all the, uh, all the Egyptians. The last plague that he sent was the plague of the death of the firstborn. So the firstborn of all the Egyptians, uh, cattle and humans, died there in Egypt. And because of that, the Pharaoh let God's people go. So the people left Egypt, and they headed toward the Promised Land, also referred to as the land of Canaan, referred to as the land of milk and honey, referred to as the land of Palestine. And so God's people are on a march. Now the most direct path, the most direct route to Palestine would have been along the coast. However, going that route would have carried them into enemy territory. Now keep in mind, they were just a group of people marching. They didn't have a formal military at that time. And so God chose another plan for them. You see, God chose uh, another plan because God... He knew that the people needed time to trust Him. He knew that people needed the time to, to organize. And so God led them on a roundabout plan. And He led them parallel to the, to, uh, parallel to the coast, to the Red Sea. We would call that the, the Sinai Peninsula. We refer to it as the Red Sea. So He leads them to the Red Sea. Now... This was uh, a plan different than the, the Israelites had thought would take place. This was completely different than what they were thinking about. It seemed as though that God was leading them away from the promised land. And really he was. But it was a different plan that God had. Do you ever get frustrated? Do you ever get aggravated when God carries you in a new round about plan? Do, do you ever get frustrated when, when you're thinking that you're going in a different direction than you should be going, but you know in your own heart that it's, that it's God's plan. You know, I remember when God began His plan to send me to, uh, uh, it's really His roundabout plan to send me to be the pastor of this church. God called me to preach uh, when I was about uh, 20 years old and uh, placed me he placed me in retail for 10 years. I was in retail for 10 years. I didn't understand that. Why God would have me in retail after he'd called me to preach. But I realized after a while that God was training me for some things that would help me in ministry. There in retail, in business. Uh, I learned to deal with personalities. I learned to deal with budgets. I learned to deal with long-range planning. Just different things that I found that would help me later on in ministry. And we were able, Judy and I, we were able to attend different sized churches. We were a member of First Baptist Church on Hickory, Tennessee. I was a bus pastor there. We had seven school buses that we ran, brought in 200 people every Sunday morning. Then I was an interim pastor at a church uh, down below Tuscaloosa, down below Northport. 
And we had about 20 people. And we started Wednesday night Bible study and Sunday night services. And so God allowed me in those 10 years to, to, uh, to experience some things that I really needed in ministry. All this time he was teaching me to trust him and preparing me to come to a church called Mountain View Baptist Church in Phil Camel, Alabama, nine years later. And so to me, it would have been quicker, but not better, for God to have just called me and placed me at Mountain View Baptist Church in Phil Camel, Alabama. To me, it would have been quicker, but not better, if God would have just saved me and carried me on to heaven. But I realized that God had a purpose for leaving me here. Same for you. It would have been quicker, but not better, if God would have saved the Israelites, delivered them out of Egypt, and just sent them straight into the promised land. But you see, God had some things that He wanted them to know about Him. He had some things that He was teaching them about Himself. And so as individuals, and as a body of believers... We don't need to get frustrated with God's roundabout plan for our life because He's teaching us to trust Him. He's teaching us some things that we never would have learned had He not had this roundabout plan for our life. And so we're really not to remember our Egypt as much as we're to remember our Deliverer and our Redeemer. And so God was teaching his people to focus on him more than their captivity, more than their slavery. Well, after the Israelites left, Pharaoh surmised that the Israelites had gone and he didn't have any slaves. He didn't have anyone to do the work. And so he gathered together 600 chariots. He gathered together his army and he begins to pursue these Israelites to the Red Sea. Verse 2 tells us, in short, that they were surrounded with rugged mountains and uh, on both sides. I'm, when I talk about mountains, not mountains you could walk through or mountains you could climb over, but these, was, these were mountains that were full of cliffs and, 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 and rocks and you couldn't maneuver over them or you couldn't maneuver around them. They were surrounded on both sides with the mountains. They were in front of them as the Red Sea. And behind them you had their enemy pursuing them. They were really in a predicament. Have you ever felt as though that you were in a situation where there was no help? And you didn't have any hope? And uh, there was no way out? You see, God's people felt like that. Look, if you will, at verse 10. And when the Pharaoh drew nigh, the Bible says, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were what? They were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. They said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is it not... The word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians. For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And so you find God's people thinking, Hey, listen, there's no way out. The rocks, the cliffs, the mountains on each side, the seas in front, and then we see dust behind us, Pharaoh's on his way. There's no way out. You need to make a little side note right here. God will always deliver His people 
When the sea is in the front, when the mountains on the side, and when our enemies are in hot pursuit, the people of God, now listen, God will always have a way out if you're in God's will. Now that's very important. If you're in God's will. Now if you've made some decisions, if you've made some poor decisions, and those are not God's will, then you're going to suffer the consequence for it. But if you're in God's will, and you find yourself in a position as the Israelites did, and there seems to be no way out, I promise you there is a way out. There's deliverance. Just be patient. Well, what are they going to do? Well, Moses, if you'll notice, he gives direction to the people. That's found in verse 13. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. Now, he gave instructions or Moses gave instructions or directions to the people. The first thing he said was this. He says, fear not. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Now, in my own personal life, and I've noticed most recently in the life of our faith family, I'm either, or we're either, operating in fear, or we're operating in faith. One or the other. How are you operating this morning? Are you afraid of something? Be fearful. God's people, the Bible says, they were sore afraid. He says, first of all, do not fear or fear not. Don't be afraid. And then he says what? He says, stand firm. Literally, it means to fix yourself in place. Just stand firm. A lot of times people get afraid. They, they act uh, too hasty. They make hasty decisions because they're afraid. They don't think things through. He says, listen, you need to fear not. You need to stand still. Don't you do anything. If you're afraid, don't do anything. Just stand still. Wait on God. And he says, listen, fix yourselves in place. Stay in the position. Don't go to your right. Don't go to your left. Don't go. Don't retreat. At this time, he doesn't tell them to go forward. He just tells them to stand still. And then he says, and see the salvation of the Lord. Or see the deliverance from Yahweh. See the deliverance from your God. Stand still. Do not be afraid. Stand still and just work and see how God's going to work in your life. So he gives direction to the people. Moses gives direction to the people. But notice, that's verse 13. Verse 15, you have the Lord giving directions to Moses. Moses gives direction to the people, verse 13. And now, verse 15, and the Lord said to Moses. And so he has some instruction. He has directions for Moses. He says, Wherefore, Christ, thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. He says, Moses, I want you to stop crying unto me. Speak to the children that they do what? That they go forward. Now, Moses, literally he said, stop crying to me. You see, Moses had something else to do besides pray. Now, I'm sure, and we know for certain, that Moses had prayed out loud. He had cried out loud to God before. We have a record of that. And I'm sure that he had cried out loud during this situation. And he says, listen, stop crying to me. Stop praying to me. Now, he's not telling him not to pray, but stop crying aloud to me. 
Have you ever, uh, we've all prayed verbally to the Lord, but have you ever been at work and you're doing something, but just in the quiet solitude of your life, you just utter a prayer to God? Amen. Yeah, we have, we've done that. And he says, listen, you've got something else to do besides just stand around and cry out to me. And listen, don't cry out to me. So Moses had been crying out openly to God, but he had, he had to be at his post. He had, he had a duty to carry out. And so God says, I want you to command the people. That's his responsibility to lead, as a leader. Seek God's will, command the people. Now what did he tell Moses to do? What was the command that God gave Moses to give to the people? Well, look at verse 15. He says, tell the people to do what? Go forward. That was the command. Moses, stop crying to me. I want you to just tell the people to go forward. Literally, it means to set out. It means to pull out. It means to move out. It means to march. It means to march forward. Now, I want us to go back just for a moment to this thing about Moses crying out to God in verse 15 to be part of that verse. Some theologians believe and suggest, and, and I really believe this, that Moses was not praying for their deliverance because he was already assured of their deliverance because God had given them the promised land. He'd given them, he'd already promised them the land of Canaan. He'd given them a land of milk and honey. He promised it to Abraham and then he promised it to, to all of the ancestors and the great patriarchs. He promised it to them. So Moses really, I don't think, was praying for their deliverance. What Moses was praying for perhaps, and I suggest to you that he was praying for the people because of their murmuring against God and against Moses. Think of that. Now, here's the point. If that be the case, if Moses was not praying for their deliverance, but they had already cried out against God and against Moses, and he was praying for their murmuring against God and against him. They had to be in a right relationship with God before they could cross over in comfort and in peace. They had to be in a right relationship with each other, Moses, in point, before they could cross over in comfort and in peace. So here's our lesson. Before we have our dedication service, you know how people say, when are you going to have a dedication service? When are you going to move into your building? Before we have our dedication service, we have to go forward. And today is when we go forward. Well, what do you mean by that, Brother Sammy? Today is the day we go forward in reconciling with God and reconciling with each other. Now, our lesson is this. Before we have the dedication service, we have to go forward. We have to go forward today in reconciliation to God, to others, and commit ourselves to just basic Christian disciplines. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I'm going to be pretty candid. We're ne we'll never find comfort. We'll never find peace. If we leave here and we go down there and be the same people. We'll never find comfort. We'll never find peace. If we leave here and go down there 
and be the same people. You see, our journey, listen, will be wasted if we refuse to allow God to have worked in our lives. God says, Moses, tell the people, not to go to the right, not to go to the left, but he said, tell the people to go forward. Now, when we're doing God's will, and we meet with difficulties, we have the Red Sea to come up. Then we have to go forward. We have to do the work. And then we have to just trust God with the issue. Now, in your bulletin, you had a little card insert. You'll get those out at this time. Now, this is nothing you're going to turn in. But let me, let me be quite honest with you. It's very important. I'm gonna, if you didn't receive a bulletin, if you don't have one of these little cards, raise your hand and uh, Danny, will, Danny Peppers, our usher, will give you one. Everybody needs one. Make sure everybody has one. Okay? Now, my go-forward commitment. Today is go-forward. Tell the people to go forward. Today, I will go forward in my prayer life and will commit to pray for my family. There's a place to list those. My lost friends. There's a place to list those. Today, I'll go forward in my relationship with others by reconciling with the following. There's a place to list those. Today, I'll go forward in my relationship with God in rededication of my life to the basic Christian disciplines of prayer and Bible study and evangelism and service. Just the basic things that God asks us and is expected of us as a Christian. All Christians are expected to pray. All Christians are expected to read the Bible. All Christians are expected to serve in the body of Christ. So I commit myself to just basic Christian disciplines. Then there's a place to sign this. And just sign it and date it today and stick it in your Bible just as a reminder. Now, I don't know what you're going to do with this, but I'm going to tell you something. When we leave here and go down there, if we haven't followed through with this, if our lives haven't been changed from what we've been through, then God's not going to be able to use us down there. So this is the day to go forward. People say, when are we going to have the dedication service, Brother Sammy? Well, we'll have it when we get closer to completion. I hate to set a date. The chairs don't come in. We have to postpone the date and try to get, our, get the word out. When we get closer, we'll set a dedication date. However, there's another date that we'll set before the dedication. That's a crossover. We're going to... We're going to go forward today in reconciliation to God and to each other and a commitment to spiritual disciplines. And then we're going to have a crossover. When the, when the children of God came to Jordan, right before they went into the promised land, right before they crossed over, God asked them to do certain things. And so we'll set a crossover date. And we'll meet here in this building one Sunday morning. There won't be any chairs in here. And we'll leave here and we'll cross over down there. And then there'll be an open house. Then there'll be a dedication service. But this is the first step. Our spiritual preparedness.
to go forward. So are you willing to go forward, reconciling with each other to God and a commitment to Christian disciplines? I want you to listen to a song before we have our invitation hymn. Ty, I'll key that up for us. Listen to the words of this song. Just a little bit more.
This morning, there may be some of you, you're counting up to your Dead Sea. And you're without Christ. Um, but let me just say this. There's hope with Christ. There is, there's hope with Christ. There's a way out with Christ. You may be here this morning, you've never trusted Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. You may have trusted a lot of other things, but you've missed Christ altogether. And Jesus, pretty plain, in John 14, 6, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. Let me encourage you. If you've never put your faith in Christ, you need to do that today. Now, you may be here as a Christian. As a Christian, you may be counting on God's roundabout plan. You're going through a lot right now you don't understand. And it may have been better to you if he'd done it another way. But he chose not to. But you're going to be better for it, by it. Because he's developing you and he's instilling in you faith and trust. And you're experiencing his grace in your life. So don't get discouraged. Be encouraged. Because he's teaching you. And you're going to get to your destination. If you're a Christian and you're in God's will, then you're going to get to your destination. I did. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for all that you do for us in our life. And as we've kind of focused on faithfulness this morning, Father, we come to this part of the service where we, we really become more than hearers we become doers of your word. I pray for each person. For those who are here who have never trusted Jesus, I pray they'll be obedient to your Holy Spirit as your word teaches that convicts of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. And Lord, you, Holy Spirit, points them to a Savior by the name of Jesus. I pray today they would be willing to come and place their faith and trust in Him and Him alone for their salvation. And Father, today I pray, Lord, for the Christian who may be on a roundabout plan. And I pray this has been encouraging. And I pray that we'll be willing to wait upon you. And Father, help us to remember there's, we'll always reach our destination. But then we come to the little cards that were handed out. We have to make a decision today in our pews. You've already placed family members for us to pray for, lost friends to place for. You've even given us names of people we need to reconcile with. You've given us disciplines that we're falling short. We need to rededicate, recommit ourselves to you. To read our Bible, to pray, to witness, to serve you more. You've already spoke to our hearts. We may have not signed the card, but, but we, know that's, we know the answers. And so we pray today that we'll make a commitment just in our seats. And that we'll do what we need to do in those areas. Help us to leave from this place when we cross over. Go to the other building. Be different people. Help us to be the witness that we need to be in this community and on the job. Or that we might bring honor to you. And other people to see Christ in us. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.
Brother Mike's going to lead us in hymn number.